was done. Well, we got to do that. I said we've been working on the one-sided nature of forgiveness uh, because we have uh, either knowingly or unknowingly told ourselves that, well, somebody wronged me, he or she never asked for forgiveness, therefore I'm not going to forgive. And I said, all right. But it pays to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have over the past is it two weeks or so, that's what we've been working on. According to Isaiah 43, verse 25, it says, I, here is God speaking to us, even I am he who blots out your and cancels your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not even remember your sins. He says, He did it because of who he is. He did it because of who he is. For his own sake, for his own name. Because of the honor of his name, he did it. He said, I did it because of who I am. Because of my character. My nature. My nature is love. Out of my goodness, out of my forbearance, I choose to forgive you ahead of time. Hallelujah. So, that's, you know, that's fascinating to know. He says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own, for my own sake. I will not remember your sins. <laughs> you know, we say we forgive, and the next next thing the person does, we list we list all that the person did wrong. <laughs> we list them chronologi chronologically. We become the historian. You say, yes, I forgive you, but let me remind you. <laughs> you, did, <laughs> you did this, you did that. You remember what you did here? And then, then the person says, was I really forgiven? You know, David said in Psalm 25, in Psalm 25, in verse 7, he said this. He said, remember not the sins lapses and and, and, and and frailness of my youth or my transgressions according to your mercy and steadfast love. Remember remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. And he said, according to his mercy and steadfast love and his goodness. He should not remember his sins. Verse 11, he says, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity and my good, for they are great. He said, because of your name. The name of a person, you know, supposed to, you know, the name of God represents his character. All right? Because of your forbearance, because of your loving kindness and mercy, because of your patience and faithfulness, pardon my iniquity. Now, you know, we read Isaiah, he says, look, he pardons us ahead of time. He said, "For my, for my, for my, for my namesake, I blood out your, for my own sake, I blood out your transgressions." And so we have we have gone through that, 
and looked at, you know, different things. Today, I really want to focus on our Lord Jesus. Because, remember, we read in, 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 um, in Revelation 13, I believe it is, Revelation 13, verse, verse, verse 8, where it says that all the inhabitants of the earth will fall down in adoration and pay him homage, everyone who, who, whose name has not been recorded in the book of, of life of the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. So Jesus, in the mind of God, was a Lamb slain from the foundation of the world because God knew what you know man would do with his free will. So ahead of time, he took our business so that we can be recipients of his forgiveness. The thing is, is that he paid for it, but he says, come and take it. He says, come and take it. And so we find that uh, because of that, because of what the fact that he was a lamb slain from the foundation of the earth, we find that people were coming to the kingdom when Jesus started his ministry. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Because it says in John chapter 1, in John chapter 1, he says there from verse 11, he says he came to his own, he came to that which belonged to him, to his own, his, his domain creation, things, world, and they who were his own did not receive him and did not welcome him. But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave them the authority, power, privilege, and rights to become the children of God, that is, to those who believe in him, who owe their birth to the, not to, to, neither to the blood, nor uh, to the will of the flesh, nor to the will of man, but to God. Hallelujah. So because he, God the Father, and he said, this is our blood, this is it, you know, I sent Jesus to die, you know, people were coming to the kingdom even before then, before he went to the cross. Now in chapter 3 of the same Gospel of John, we read there from chapter 3, it says from verse 14 of Gospel of John chapter 3, and Jesus said this, just as Moses, and just as Moses lifted up the, the serpent on uh, in the desert on a pole, so must... So must uh, so so it is now so it is necessary that the Son of Man be lifted up on the cross. Verse 15 in order that everyone who believes in him, everyone who does what who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life and actually live forever. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him. Should not do what, should not pray, but do what, have eternal life. Now, here is God paying for it ahead of time. Paying for, for paying for, for our forgiveness ahead of time. And we said in one of his, this thing, even last time, we repeated the fact that, you know, to make a decision that you're going to forgive ahead of time. That means that I have to be quick to forgive. You know, when you get to that place and make that decision, life begins to be, become easy. Because certain things will begin to fall off. So here you find that, you know, the Father sent Jesus. And whosoever believes in him. Now, the word believe 
you know, means oh, it means to receive. To believe is to receive. Whosoever receives him. When you receive him as Lord, by, by, by acknowledging and confessing as Lord, that means you believe in him, you receive him into your life. Your life cannot be the same. Whosoever believes in him, that means whosoever receives him, receives forgiveness of sins. That has been paid for ahead of time because God put it, made it possible for us. Amen? And so Jesus came into the world. He said he did not come to do what? To condemn the world, but to do what? He didn't come to condemn. You know, men condemn. He said, no, I didn't come to judge and condemn. You know, but to do what? To but 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 to show the mercy and love of God so that the world may turn to turn 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 to turn to Him. So that's where we want to be operating from today, because as as we as we will understand, God in His infinite mercy and loving kindness does not want us to be in a in a situation where you know the enemy you know. Has uh, has his way against us. No, he wants us to be those who are dispensers of his love. Amen. He wants us to be those who are dispensers of his love. And so, when Jesus came on earth, he was doing that. He was showing the love of God everywhere he went. Now it's instructive that you know the Pharisees were the ones who were always very dogmatic and, you know, this is what you, you did wrong, therefore you have to pay, you have to be punished, you have to be killed and all that nonsense. But that's not what our Lord did. That's not the gospel that has been given. We are supposed to be dispensers of God's love and mercy. Amen? Let me put it this way. None of us has got it made. None of us have got it made. At any point in time, at some point in time, not at any point, some point in time, you will require the mercy of God. At some point in time, you require the mercy of God. At some point in time, you, you want God to touch you where you are. And it is important, it is important that we who are recipients of his love actually be the ones who can dispense it even more. Because he who has been forgiven much is what? He should also love much. Amen? If we have been forgiven much, we should love much. That shouldn't be something that is difficult for us to, to comprehend. You see, because this Jesus who paid the price for us. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. This Jesus who paid the price for us is what we're trying, you know, what we're trying to understand, unravel what the Father has made available for us so that we can tap into this agape love that God the Father has made available for us. Hallelujah. It says in Colossians 1 from verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of a sense in the light. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of 
the control and dominion of darkness and transfer us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, what, which means the forgiveness of our sins. He said, the Father drew us to Himself out of the control and dominion of what? Darkness and transfer into the Son of His love. How did He draw us? He drew us to Himself by showing us you know, his love through Christ by Jesus paying for the forgiveness of our sins. Paying for our sins. He extended his forgiveness to us. That through his love, he extended forgiveness. And that is what has drawn us to himself because like we saw last time, there is a pool, there is the anointing of God, the anointing of agape love. There's anointing in agape love because agape love is God. All right? So when he forgave us, he releases this power and anointing that goes with that forgiveness to draw us to him. Oh, this will help me. There is a power, there is, there's anointing, there's, there's anointing in forgiveness. There's anointing in releasing your love towards someone who has wronged you. Because when you do, you are saying God over to you. And then the law will begin to work in that person's life. Hallelujah. You know, that's why Jesus on Calvary's cross in Luke's Gospel 23 verse 34 he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Is that not what he prayed? Here he says that it, it is in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins. Because he paid the price, and because of that price that he paid with his blood, we have been drawn into the kingdom. And look at look at Luke's gospel, chapter 23. We're talking about Jesus. You know, showing us, demonstrating a gap of love for us to see. Amen. Verse 34. Then Jesus then said, Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, supposing he didn't do that, there are many people that participate in that that because of that statement the Lord did and made, which is really demonstrating a gap of love, many. Of those, I believe many of those that participated in the crucifixion, you know, surrendered their lives later on when they heard the gospel. When they heard the gospel. In life, we're going to be wronged. And it is not the person out there that you will see once in a while. It's those that are close to you. Those are the ones that hurt. Amen. Those are the ones that hurt. But, you know, when we, we look at what Jesus did, and we see what the Father, because Jesus and the Father are one, demonstrated from the Old Testament to the New, then it speaks volumes to me. He said he draws himself. 
Why? Because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus. The love of God has a pool to it. A pool, the right kind of pool. Right? It will pull, you know, the person in bondage out of bondage. The love of God. The love of God. Hallelujah. It will pull that person who is in bondage out of bondage. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, let's go there to Ephesians chapter 3. And I read, you know, Paul, the prayer that Paul prayed, which we should be praying for ourselves, from verse 14. For this reason, Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 14, uh, 20. For this reason, seeing the greatness of, the, of this plan by which you are built up together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in, the, in heaven and earth is named, the Father from all fathers who takes his title and derives his name, May he grant you out of the rich treasure of his glory to be strengthened and enforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit indwelling your innermost being and personality. May Christ through faith dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in, in your heart. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. He wants us to be rooted in his love and founded in his love, securely in it that we may have the power to apprehend and be strong, we have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the sense. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? He wants us to, to, he wants Christ through faith to dwell in our hearts so that we may be rooted and deep in love and founded in love. How are we going to be rooted deep in love, finding love? By listening and obeying him. By listening and obeying him. You know, I mean, you, 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 you look at something and say, this is good for this person. And you go ahead and say, okay, I'm going to do that. And the person turns around and behaves stupid. You're going to, are you going to turn around and say, okay, because you, you, you decide to be stupid, I'm going to withdraw my agape love. No. That love of God that you extend is working. I say what? The love of God that we extend to others is working. It's working while we don't while we don't see it, it doesn't look like it. But eventually, because God does ne never loses a battle, He's already won all the battles for us. Eventually we will see the glory of God. He says here that we may really come to know practically through experience for ourselves the love of Christ. He says we must come to know through experience for ourselves the love of Christ that we may be filled through, through our, our entire being into what? Onto, sorry, entire, entire being. I lost my line. We feel through through, through all our being, unto all, all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body 
holy field and flourish with God himself, that we may really come to know practically through experience for ourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that we may be filled through our, all our being unto all the fullness of God and, 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 and uh, uh, for fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body holy filled and flourish with God himself. He said we may come to know the love of Christ. How are you going to come to know the love of Christ if we don't put it to work? How are we going to know the love of Christ if we don't put it to work? Because Jesus said, you know, I have a tongue of a disciple, I'm not rebellious. I believe in Isaiah 50. He said, I set my face like a flint. You know, what I, what I hear him say, that's what I say. According to, in, in, that's what he says in, in John, I think, chapter 8. What I see, see him do, that's what I do. In other words, when a father gives a command, we follow through. Amen? We follow through. Because the love of God is what should control us, is what should impel us to action, is what should restrain us from certain actions. Hallelujah. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, you know, when you think about that statement and you realize that's not a light statement. If you've been in a position where somebody, you know, was doing stuff and, you know, he thinks he's in charge and then you decide to walk in a gap and you see God show, or show, up, show up strong and then you get to find that this person that the enemy was using was just very empty. And really needs pity. It really needs your pity. And you know, it needs it needs your help more than anything else. And so, you know, the the the, the love of God, as Christ demonstrated for us, is such that we ought to follow his example. We ought to follow his example. Mark chapter two. Mark chapter 2. <clears throat> I'm talking about the love of God setting us free. You think that somebody else has wronged you, but really, you need to get yourself free because when you are free, you can be a blessing. Last time I said, oppress people, oppress others. Hurt people, hurt others. But guess what? When you are free, you are able to free others. Here is the love of God in demonstration in Mark chapter 2. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Here is when the, Jesus healed the, 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 the man with the, uh, uh, I think it was in a paralyzed. Let's read here from verse 1. And Jesus, Mark 2, having returned to Capernaum after some some days uh, it, it was rumored about that he was in a house, probably Peter's. And so many people gathered together there, and there was no longer room for them, not even around the door. And he was discussing the word. Everywhere the Lord was, he was discussing the word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so we see there from verse 3, then they came bringing a paralytic to, to him, yeah. 
Just think about this now. These are some friends bringing a paralyzed man to him who had been picked up and was being carried by four men. And when they could not get him to a place in front of Jesus because of the tongue, they dug through the, the roof above him. And when they had scooped out an opening, they let down the coat or mat upon which the paralyzed man lay. Just think about this now. The man must have the courage to allow them to to allow them to allow them to lower him through the roof. He was already paralyzed. And if he was today, somebody oh, what are you going to do? I don't want to break my neck now. I'm already paralyzed. No, there was nothing like that. He allowed them to drop him down. Amen. So the friends had faith to do what? To carry him up there. And Jesus, Jesus saw their faith. All right? The man is had faith by agreeing to be lowered through the roof, not thinking that it's going to break the remaining bones that weren't broken. But that's not what my focus is today. But just to see that Jesus saw their faith. God needs to see our faith in demonstration. Amen? He saw their faith and he needs to see our faith in demonstration. And when Jesus saw their faith, verse 5, their confidence in God through him, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And put away, that is, the penalty is remitted and the sense of guilt removed. And you are met upright and rise standing with God. Son, your sins are forgiven you. Now let's go on verse 6. Now some of the scribes were sitting there holding a dialogue with themselves as a question in their hearts. Why does this man talk like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins except God alone? Verse 8, and at once Jesus becoming fully aware in his spirit what they thus debated within themselves said to them, why do you argue about all this in your hearts? What, which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, forgiven and put away, or to say, rise, take up your sleeping pad or mat and start walking about and keep on walking. Verse 10, but that you may know, that you may know, but that you may know positively and beyond a doubt that a son of man has right and authority and power of, of, on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I said to you, arise, pick up your, pick up and carry your sleeping pad and be going on home. And he arose, verse 12, and at once picked up the sleeping pad and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and recognized and praised and thanked God, saying, we have never seen anything like this before. He said to the man, your sins are forgiven you. As far as Jesus was concerned, it was a done deal. You see, he says, your sins are forgiven you. And because the Pharisees were do, doing nonsense, he said, which one is easier? He said, pick up your bed and walk off. Your sins are forgiven. Why? Because, you see, 
Healing proceeds out of God's forgiveness. Healing proceeds out of God's forgiveness. He said to the man, your sins are forgiven you. The Pharisees try to argue. The man did not argue. He received it. He said in verse 10, but that you may know, positive and beyond a doubt, that the Son of Man has right and authority and power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I said to you, arise, pick up and carry your sleeping pad and, and, and do what? And be going home. Basically, that statement says, listen, because the man is forgiven, I'm telling him that he's whole. Get up, go home. Think about that. I mean, David says in Psalm 103, forgives our iniquities and does what? Heals our diseases. So Jesus said to this man, arise, take up your bed. Why? He came to demonstrate the love of God. He came to demonstrate the power of agape, the power of uh, the, the, the forgiving power of God that when, we, 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 when he, God forgives us, he releases that power, his glory to make things different in our lives. And then he says, listen, in, some five, in sorry, Romans 5, 5, he says, the love of God has been poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit. That when we forgive, we actually set ourselves free. When we forgive, we do what? We set ourselves free. When you forgive, stress goes away. Now, I, I mean, I, I shared some time ago, I don't know what, you know, maybe some years or whatever. But we, when we were in Maryland, there was a sister that I was ministering to. And, uh, you know, she was in a lot, you know, having terminal cancer. And uh, I would go out there and minister after work. And, and the Lord began to deal with me to, 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 to minister to her about forgiveness. And, uh, and I began to minister to her. And she began to forgive. Apparently she was carrying forgiveness with everybody around her. From her husband to the children, you know, stepchildren, everything. Everybody around her brother. And so as she began to do that, eventually she, she said she, she was done. And uh, a lot of giving my wife the word, a word and we didn't really understand the word, but it's essentially, when we got to understand it, it was that she was, you know, now that she was, uh, then that she was, you know, cleaned up her heart, forgiving people, it was the best time to go home. And she went home. She wanted to be with the Lord. Then the, the point is, is that what if she had forgiven earlier and decided that, look, you know what? It's not worth the trouble. It's not worth the trouble to compromise one's immune system by being in a perpetual state of stress, of unforgiveness. Now, Jesus said here, 
Listen, sons, your sins are forgiven you. Sons, your sins are forgiven you. And, you know, just to make sure that we, we don't lose sight of Psalm 103, we get the import of this, Psalm 103. Hallelujah. Psalm 103 and verse 3. Um, it says here, well, I'll read from verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of all his benefits. He said, don't forget anyone. Who forgives every one of all my iniquities who heals each one of all my diseases. You see there? David said, forgiveness brings healing. He said, God forgives all our iniquities and he heals all our diseases. Now, when we ourselves understand this, uh, look, listen. This is God doing this for me. And in the context of what we're teaching, what we're learning, the one side nature of forgiveness. Jesus told this man, your sins are forgiven. And I'm saying here that, you know, if you take it and apply it to ourselves, the person may not show up to say, I'm sorry. You have to decide, you know what? You're not going to be in bondage to the enemy because of what somebody did to you. Why? Because no matter what the person did, you're still here. God has seen you to this point. God has always been there, never abandoned you. He's always been there with us, never abandoned us. God, when he said, son, your sins are forgiven, it was over. David said, you forgive my iniquity, heal my diseases. So that when I choose to forgive, I am really blessing myself because I am closing the door to the enemy. The doors that he, he was looking for to attack. Remember, Jesus said, the prince of this world cometh. He keeps coming. The world cometh, that means keep coming. He keeps coming. What is he doing? looking for an opportune time to attack. When we know that it's about us, then we will dispense the love of God. We will then begin to understand that we are carriers of his nature. The nature of God is patience, long-suffering, forbearance, Goodness, kindness, loving kindness, mercy, graciousness. And he says, go and do likewise. Go and do as I have done. Choose regardless to forgive. And let the power of agape, the anointing of God, 
take care of the rest. In your life, in the life of the person who, out of ignorance, wronged you. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you. We thank you, we praise you, we worship you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That as we act upon your word right now, choosing to let go and let the power of your love, your anointing, work in our lives and in those, in those who the enemy have lied to to wrong us. Lord, this day, I set myself in agreement with my brethren. We let go. We repent of carrying on forgiveness. We say, Lord, have mercy, forgive us. We choose right now, by the act of our will, in concert with your spirit, we forgive those who have wronged us. We say, Lord, forgive them for I know not what they do. Now, Holy Spirit of God, you are the anointing that draws us to Christ. You are the one who does the works in us. Have your way. In our lives, have your way. In the, the lives of our loved ones that we're forgiven, in the lives of those we're forgiven, have your way in their life. Thank you that by the pool of your love, they come to the place of deliverance in you. Lord, I pray for our loved ones. I pray for those who have been hurt. I thank you, Lord, for your love. That your love reaches out to them right now. Your love reaches out to them right now. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God Almighty, for going to work on, on our behalf. I thank you for the pool of your agape love that brought them to that place to receive your, the very forgiveness you already, paid, you already paid for. The forgiveness is waiting for them to pick up. Thank you, Lord, because you've shown us it is your love that draws to you. Because this day we choose to act upon your word. I thank you for your love has drawn, has drawn those who have, uh, have, have wronged us back to you. 
Yes, they have drawn those who have wrung us to back to us. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Mama Sekera Basaka. Maraba Koroboseke. Mama Sakanda Rama Koroboseke, Arabakina Makanda. Yendere Mokoroboseke, Arabakina Makanda. Bene Mokondo Roboseke. Maraba Koroboseke, Arabakina Makanda. I praise your name, I worship you. Merevo Koroboseke, Arabakina Makanda, Rama Koroboseke. Yendere Mokoroboseke, Arabakina Makanda. I bless your name, Father. Mama Sakara Basekina Masuto. Lord have mercy. I thank you for your glory. Mama Sakana Masuto. Marebo Korobo Sekara Bakina Makanda. This day, I call the prodigals back home. This day, I call the prodigals back home. In the name of Jesus, I call the rebellious students back home. I call them back home now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Father. Thank you for what you've done. We bless your name, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. So in the name of Jesus, I pray and apply blood Jesus over each and every one of us. Nobody is the Father, the Lord, and Father, and cover the blood of Jesus. The bloodline surrounds us and pray for the evil. The Lord blesses and keep us. The Lord may so shine upon us and be gracious unto us. The Lord let us come and give us his peace now for in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh oh. <laughs>